20 by 14 Reflections on Studying Architecture Abroad The Podcast Don't be shy. Put some more. Don't try to avoid misunderstandings by skipping the situation or the argument. Each question is a good opportunity to enrich yourself and to make your semester abroad more valuable. The question is more important than the answer. In fact, the question is not only a request for some missing information, but an opportunity to force yourself to think and argue about something that for some reason and not by chance is obscure to you. And this second option often turns out to be more important than the answer your teacher might give you. If you're shy, relax. Of course, I'm not speaking of your deep psychological profile. I respect that more than you can imagine because I've been a shy student myself. I'm speaking of the stereotyped approach students have when they prefer not to ask questions for fear of being judged. More precisely, I'm speaking of your presence in a new city and particularly in a new studio environment during your semester abroad. So don't be shy. There are at least two sound reasons for these. The first, time abroad goes by faster than at home. Second, while abroad, you can learn that earning grades is not the main reason for you to attend classes. Buongiorno a tutti. Uh, here we are in this new episode of the podcast 20 by 14. Today, I have the pleasure of having here with me uh, Maurizio Sabini that will share with us some of his experiences and some of his uh, moments of being abroad. Who is Maurizio? Ciao Maurizio innanzitutto. Ciao Franco. Uh, who is Maurizio Sabini? Maurizio Sabini is uh, an academic uh, and an architect. He's, uh, he has been trained uh, as an architect in Italy, in, uh, in Venice, and then at, the, uh, at a certain point of his career that he will mention and will explain us, he left Italy to become uh, an academic in US. Uh, from that moment, uh, his uh, life has been... Uh, uh, a bridge in between uh, Europe and Italy in particular and uh, different uh, universities in, uh, in USA. The first time I met Maurizio was here in Florence, I think uh, around 15 years ago, and he was uh, leading the study abroad program of uh, Kent State uh, University, the architecture program of Kent State University. We became immediately uh, friend. So Maurizio, uh, this was a, a very uh, quick introduction. I'm pretty sure it's way more complex than this, but uh, the reason why I selected you for this chapter of the book is the intricatedness of your, of your background. Can you, can you be a little bit more precise with us? First of all, thank you for, for being here and for giving me a, a little bit of your time. Sure, Franco. Uh, well, uh, I should thank you for this opportunity. Uh, it's always a pleasure to, to be with a, a good friend and a esteemed uh, colleague uh, to 
share thoughts and, and uh, reflections about uh, our life as architects, uh, educators, uh, and critical thinkers. And so, um, yeah, as, as you said, uh, it's a little more complex than uh, what you sketched out, although uh, well and correctly. But uh, yeah, there are a couple of other uh, abroad experiences before moving to the U.S. Uh, as an academic. Uh, which uh, happened in 2000. Uh, before that, I started uh, going abroad uh, soon after uh, graduation uh, as, a, as a student, as a matter of fact, to the US uh, with the Fulbright Scholarship, which I earned, uh, I think, because also I presented a, an interesting proposal at that time. And he was actually instrumental, influential, uh, I remember, uh, in our discussions on, on the thesis project to uh, look at uh, Louis Kahn's work. At that time, uh, uh, Louis Kahn was known, but not such a super popular figure as uh, it later became in the following decades. And so uh, that instilled, uh, triggered my curiosity. And so I made this proposal uh, to the Fulbright uh, organization and got the scholarship uh, to go to the US. And somehow that experience uh, at a very young age, uh, as I said, soon after graduation, uh, just uh, developed uh, inside of me this uh, idea of, uh, of uh, intercultural uh, ed education, uh, internationalism, and uh, a, a, a deep uh, appreciation and curiosity towards uh, uh, other cultures. I had a similar, a, a somewhat similar experience in Italy, but still exposed to in, uh, intercultural ed education and internationalism uh, as a student uh, when uh, uh, I had the opportunity to uh, attend the ILAUD in Urbino from Barcelona, from Oslo, uh, from Zurich, uh, uh, really super international atmosphere. And uh, that was, uh, you know, the, those two experiences combined really uh, triggered my interest. Um, <clears throat> After that, led by Giancarlo De Carlo, that was also, uh, that was a summer school, uh, as I said, in Italy, but, you know, I was with uh, uh, students, uh, student colleagues from MIT, from Berkeley. I returned for some years uh, back to Italy, completed my PhD in Venice. By searching and receiving information, networking, came up an opportunity in uh, uh, a, a pretty distant place, uh, namely in Nairobi, Kenya. And so then uh, there I, I was off to Kenya for uh, where I stayed uh, for four years, teaching at the University of Nairobi, uh, but also collaborating with the UN uh, agency, UNDP, on their uh, conservation project for the old town of Mombasa in Kenya, and while also uh, engaging in uh, also professional work uh, opportunities with the uh, local firms and independently. And so the, those was, uh, again, another four uh, very uh, intense and, and life-changing years of uh, being exposed to a completely different culture, you know, uh, forget about Western culture there, <laughs> where actually there, there was also the, the, the shadow uh, and not a, a very positive shadow of Western culture 
uh, obviously with the past of, of um, colonialism. But um, uh, Kenya is also a, a place, uh, certainly not a monocultural place, uh, because you have uh, a very substantial uh, Indian population, and you have uh, the, the, the Muslim uh, uh, component, uh, and uh, the, the highly complex uh, and diversified the tribal uh, ethnic uh, uh, diversity of, of Kenya itself. So uh, extremely, uh, extremely uh, eye-opening and, and, and fascinating experience. And then uh, before uh, moving to the US, as I said, in 2000, before then in the 90s, early 90s, uh, I also spent uh, a couple of years uh, in, uh, in Austria, in uh, Vienna, private reasons, but um, uh, there I had the opportunity to also work uh, with, uh, uh, the time I worked with uh, uh, Hermann and Valentini, a firm based in Vienna and uh, Luxembourg. And that was also a, a very interesting uh, experience uh, uh, in terms of being exposed to, I can say, really advanced a mode of uh, uh, operation and design process and construction, especially in terms of building technology, that was extremely uh, formative. What I learned in Vienna in terms of construction culture and building technology, uh, I had not learned uh, elsewhere. And so then in 2000, I landed again in the US, uh, pursuing uh, finally uh, a full-time uh, academic career. Uh, and uh, uh, it was uh, with the Kent State University, as you mentioned, uh, for um, 12 years, um, running uh, also the a study abroad program in Florence. Uh, and after that, I moved to Drury University, uh, where I still uh, am uh, uh, since uh, 2012. So it's been now nine years. Uh, remaining involved in study abroad program, uh, advising students, uh, and creating opportunities. Uh, as I was, I moved to Drury as a director of the school. And uh, in those years as director, I uh, created, I opened up uh, a new internship uh, program uh, in China with the China Academy of Art uh, led by Wang Shu, uh, which is still running to this day, whereby our students can spend uh, the summer break or the winter break uh, interning uh, in, a, in a local uh, firm. Uh, while being uh, obviously exposed to a completely different culture. Again, uh, a fantastic uh, opportunity for our students. And I also uh, invite, uh, invited uh, uh, visiting professors uh, from uh, Europe. Uh, one was from Italy, the second was a, a Mexican couple from Spain, from Barcelona. Uh, and, and also that uh, brought uh, this, this uh, climate uh, of internationalism within the school that was extremely beneficial and exciting for our students. So yeah, I, I, I you know, uh, my life uh, is a testament to a commitment to internationalism. Yeah, thank I you. I also for... have an international family, by the way, so. Yeah, indeed. And uh, thanks for sharing <laughs> these uh, uh, with us. I have to say that uh, you also an editor and you are editing the planned journal. Lately, you have uh, made your way back to Italy because you're teaching 
at the Politecnico Milano at the moment, uh, geographical and cultural intricateness of your of your CV. Uh, Maurizio, from the perspective of such uh, a complex background, what do you think of the actuality of the role of education abroad in the in the framework of uh, of the American system of education? Oh, I, I, I think that uh, study abroad and in, in, in international experiences in education uh, is, is uh, becoming uh, more and more important in our increasingly interconnected world. Uh, I mean, regardless of the, uh, the obvious uh, challenges uh, due to the pandemic, <clears throat> Uh, America is, is becoming uh, more and more diverse. Whatever is your political position, uh, this is a fact, it's not an opinion. How we respond to that fact uh, uh, then becomes uh, maybe a more debatable political issue. But uh, the fact is that uh, society in America is becoming more and more diverse. And, and this is bringing, uh, I would say, the necessity for uh, equipping uh, our preparing our uh, st students and, and future citizens to deal with diversity. And you obviously deal better with diversity uh, if you are exposed uh, to other cultures. And so um, <clears throat> international education, uh, I think, uh, uh, will continue to have a future, will continue to have to be more and more important in spite of this uh, current uh, pause, uh, let's say, that happened for... Uh, but, um, but I see also in students uh, a, 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 continue, a continuing uh, and, and growing interest in, in intercultural education and internationalism. Yeah, what I, what I kept saying throughout the pages of my book and what I'm trying to share with my readers is the fact that uh, maybe we are far from the uh, famous or unfamous, if you want, grand tour of last century, but the necessity of having a component of diversity in the curriculum and in the portfolios of students of architecture is becoming fundamental. So what I'm saying is that we are not going abroad to, to see buildings and to take pictures uh, and to experience uh, the places that in school we can only see in uh, slides or through the screen of a computer. We are not going abroad for the, the information and the content, but we go abroad uh, to shape our physical reaction to life and to bag, not building, but to bag life experiences. It's uh, what I keep saying to my students. In, when you are in Florence, maybe in studio, uh, professors are less demanding, but when you are outside studio, that is where you really learn. So it is true that maybe you have less contact hour abroad than in the home campus but it is true that outside there is a city that is waiting for you and uh, you can say that when you're abroad you study 24 hours a day because you study when you are in line waiting for your bread in a in a bakery or when you are waiting for your bus it's all experiences that are dealing with your culture especially in uh, in architecture so Maurizio uh, in your 
multiple uh, roles that you briefly uh, listed for us you had a lot of experience of uh, uh, constructive dis discomfort uh, both at first as a student, then as a teacher, then as a leader of a, an international program, then as an editor. Do you have some episodes to share with us about uh, what I call formative misunderstanding? So we close with a smile, this, uh, uh, this encounter. Yeah, um, one that I recall uh, as a student, uh, as I said, when I first uh, arrived, uh, and this will be funny, particularly for you, Franco, because you are from Florence. So <laughs> be prepared. Uh, when I arrived in the US, I was taking a, a, a course uh, in, in basic design, uh, but just for curiosity, because it was uh, actually uh, an elective undergraduate, upper, upper level undergraduate, but just for curiosity, I had a, a fairly flexible uh, curriculum that I basically designed with my advisor, centered on my research and recon. And then on the sides, I was taking a couple of courses that intrigued me. And there was this professor called William Huff, who just uh, recently passed away, actually, due to COVID. Uh, and I'm glad that uh, there, there's a, a major uh, now study monograph being published uh, in, uh, in Germany about him, because he was also teaching uh, the Ulm School of Design with the Tomas Maldonado. And so he was exposed to that kind of uh, basic design teachings, etc. Uh, which he tried to also bring back to the U.S. Uh, he was a student of Khan, uh, very acquainted with uh, Joseph Albers. Um, so that kind of uh, pedagogy, you know? So extremely uh, well-educated and uh, knowledgeable, uh, versed uh, in, 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 in uh, European uh, art uh, and architecture. I'm sorry, Maurizio. I'm where was this? This was uh, in Buffalo at the State University of New York, where uh, I was there as you know, as a Fulbright uh, student uh, pursuing my uh, postgraduate uh, master degree. And so he was uh, giving these uh, classes in basic design with uh, with uh, uh, some introductory uh, lectures about art. He started, you know, talking about perspective and stuff. And so then he started to talk about uh, Giotto. You know, we were in this uh, small class, typical American class, American graduate seminar class, 15, uh, I guess, or so. And this guy uh, jumps up and, and, and says, Giotto, who's Giotto? And so this... <laughs> This Jaro became a sort of a joke throughout uh, the course. And of course, uh, you know, William, the, the teacher, was uh, pretty taken aback because uh, the, the, the student didn't know about Jaro, although, you know, understandably so, because from that perspective, who's Jaro? Jaro is this distant uh, uh, master painter of, of uh, Italian painting. Uh, early Renaissance, pre, pre-Renaissance, uh, you know, uh, but, you know, obviously from, from, for us, Italians, Europeans, uh, we know better about Giotto and we know that somehow he prepared uh, what came uh, later during the Renaissance, you know, an extremely towering artistic figure. And yet for, from that perspective, uh, Giotto, who's Giotto? <laughs> 
and and so this was uh, <laughs> remained the joke between uh, uh, me and and William and the other guys. And then, of course, uh, uh, William have uh, explained us very well who who was Charo. Nice. Uh, but you know, it gives you an idea of uh, the relative uh, uh, the relative uh, value and standing of of people and contributions and works and ideas. Uh, and you need to understand. Also, for me, it was uh, was surprising because I mean, for an Italian, you know, a Giotto is Giotto. And to see that uh, a, a colleague that didn't know about Giotto made me understood that uh, uh, you know, it's, that was not ignorance. Uh, it was a different uh, perspective. And it was a, a very uh, important teaching moment. The other, it's not really an episode, but I want to mention this, uh, Franco, uh, was the an, an experience that uh, is still, uh, uh, I, I still carry with me today, since my years in Africa, in, 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 in Nairobi. And it was uh, the uh, encounter, at first, uh, the, the, the clash, really, between my mode of thinking and my mode of understanding space as a European, and uh, the, the, the sense of space that Kenyan African students, because we had also, uh, outside of Kenya, Uganda and, and Rwanda, or Tanzania, and African, East African students had, and it was mostly at the beginning, it was almost a clash because I arrived with my idea of spatial understanding, you know, the grid, the, 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 the Cartesian frame of the world, and there... Uh, clashing with with their uh, 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 idea of centeredness, centeredness, the idea that space is centered, um, <clears throat> which you know inevitably comes from uh, the 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 form of the typology of of uh, African settlements, which reflects their culture, which reflects their anthropology and you know it was it was fascinating because at first uh, 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 I, I thought they were not understanding me uh, and I didn't understand them and then later on as I uh, uh, got to know them better got to know better African culture I totally changed my mode of thinking and I met I met them where they were uh, and helped them develop uh, this, uh, in the end, the beautiful projects. I still remember a, a thesis project that uh, gained uh, the best uh, project award of the year, uh, you know, based on this uh, centeredness and, and the notion of the, of, the, of the centered space. And why I'm saying this uh, that I still carry with me today, because now in, in the U.S., I have students, uh, also um, African American students, but also a couple with the, with the, um, really from Africa, developing projects uh, in Africa. And so now I help them. I help African students or African American students who are not very familiar with this cultural trope of uh, uh, you know uh, of African culture, I help them to understand what I learned as a teacher in, in Nairobi and, and help them 
uh, in America to do a, a, a better project, a, a, a richer and more complex and more thoughtful project based in Africa uh, because of that background that I, I learned in my uh, abroad experience in Nairobi. Thank you, so, Maurizio. Uh, These were great uh, uh, example. And uh, I, I love the idea that we are closing here this, uh, this interview leaving on the air this idea that uh, one of the most important uh, learning uh, experience is when you teach something. It's not true that when you teach, you start, you stop learning and you start teaching to others Absolutely. because in reality, Absolutely. it never, it never ends. And uh, in my opinion, it is, uh, it is even better. I mean, you study more when you, when you have to teach than when you are supposed to be, to be learning. And, I couldn't uh, agree more. Yeah. This idea is uh, so important in the framework of study abroad, because uh, when you are abroad, you destroy the frames of the moments in which you are supposed to learn and the, fra the, the frames in which you are supposed to entertain yourself or to relax or to do other experiences, because everything melts into a unique, great, and uh, huge 360 degrees uh, learning uh, experience. And I, I can't agree more with you that uh, some of my most important learning experience happened after I started working as a, as a teacher. So Maurizio, thank you again for sharing uh, these nice words with us. I hope to be able to see you in person soon enough. And thank you for accepting with enthusiasm this idea of uh, the podcast. Absolutely, absolutely. Thank you for having me, Franco. Yes, hope. hope.